episode nine. Welcome to the M2 Podcast. I'm your host, Mad Mike. My co-host, Mr. J.K. Heath, a.k.a. Kyle Heath. This is the show where we cover esports and personality, some gaming industry-related news, new and upcoming games, and also some technology and innovation. So, for this week, Kyle, what do you have for us? Oh, boy, do we have some stories, huh? We got some, uh, we got some updates on some stories in the past. We have uh, potential situations at Twitch and what we could possibly expect throughout the year uh, as the year continues we have brand new streaming products and i guess gaming products again i feel like it's been we've been able to cover a decent amount of new stuff that's been coming out it's been i feel like it's been non-stop this year so far it's got some new streamer products uh apple also had an event this week for those that care about apple they announced a uh, new mac studio so we talk a little bit about that what kind of power um that little unit punches uh, of course, there was a games, not Gamescom. There was a uh, state of play this week, um, and it was mainly Japan-focused games. Studios out of Japan was the main kind of focus of it. It was fairly short, but there's a couple key games there that I wanted to talk about. Overwatch right. Two got a announcement to PvP, so we'll be discussing that. And uh, some outages this week that affected, I'm sure, everyone. Uh, so we'll be discussing yeah. <laughs> that as well. Also, an update on 100 Thieves. So there's there's a decent amount to talk about. Let's get into it. First Let's article go. we have is from uh, Video Games Chronicle. Jordan Midler did the report on this. He pulled it from Bloomberg, Bloomberg originally that had the article on a paywall. Um, article states that Twitch is facing an employee exodus amid a culture clash. According to some reports, over 360 employees have left in recent months with execs reporting failure to understand the community among chief concerns. So a little more detail. Um, Amazon streaming platform faced an exodus of executives since the start of 2022. The report claims that six top employees, including the chief operating officer, chief content officer, and the head of creator development have all left this year. On top of this, more than 300 other employees left last year. More than 60 have already left in 2022. Um, one of the employees, uh, the article also notes, was of course DJ Wheat. He was the former head of creator development. He discussed with Bloomberg a little bit. He gave a gave his thoughts on the situation, why he believes Twitch is kind of what, from what seems to be a sort of a downward spiral, especially over the past like year. Um, they, uh, he said, quote, we went down the Silicon Valley route, hiring from Facebook and from Twitter. Graham says, claiming that many of the newer execs were, quote, unwilling to learn what this community was and why it was so special. Um, so, goes on to explain a little bit more, but I mean, I know personally, Mike, that you, uh, I know how you kind of feel about the platform. And I know uh, I've certainly gained some opinions myself over the past couple of years with kind of the route they're taking and why Twitch isn't. Um, certainly isn't what it used to be, but what are some of your main thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I think, uh, well, there's two things to it, right? It's like, I've been on, I've been a Twitch user since 2008 and I've basically seen the highs and the highs. And right now I think this is the lowest it's been in a while. Um, it was pretty low before the pandemic. A lot of people don't know this, but they were actually losing viewership and members. Like people weren't coming back for a while, especially with like the rise of YouTube and stuff. Um, but the pandemic, basically, with everybody being home, everybody came back and started watching streamers again. And some str- some people are streaming for the first time, which is really good. But 
it's like Twitch as a company and a platform. Well, not as a company, as a platform, they should be doing fine. And they are statistically based on like live streaming metrics, how they hold pretty much all the metrics, like they hold all the information, all the people want to watch Twitch streamers. That's where all the viewers, that's where all the eyes are. Cause they're, cause they're basically first, but now it's like, dude, I didn't know 300 employees left last year. I knew it was a lot of people. Um, how many, like, losing your chief operating officer, chief content officer, and head of creator development. I mean, dude, the only updates that Twitch has put out in the last three years, three or four years, has been entirely to sell Amazon Prime. Yeah. And they haven't really invested into the platform or discoverability. Like, it's kind of, it's really, really frustrating. I mean, I've voiced privately with you about my opinions of twitch and how angry i am it's like because i care about the platform and i want them to be successful it's like you're self-sabotaging yeah over the last few years yeah um, i mean with the whole like because like i knew dj I, like i um like i didn't know dj week personally but like i heard about him all the time right because he would host a lot of like you know twitch events and stuff like that and you'd see him talking and whatnot so i mean like and you could tell like he really cared about the platform so when like i heard he was leaving part of me was like like, I initially thought, oh, okay, that's, like, a personal choice. He's probably just, like, you know, ready to move on. But, like, after reading this article, it's kind of like, well, no, I think he saw where Twitch was heading, and he disagreed with it yeah. so much that he felt like he had to leave. It's just so unfortunate. Because um, he really, yeah. I mean, I, I saw one of his last streams, too, before he left, and then it's, like, the last week of him in his position. He was, like, and, and like, he, he was, like, in tears because, like, he'd been working there for, like, I think it was, like, a decade or something. And, like, he, you could tell, like, he was very sad that he was leaving. And he probably didn't want to, but, you know. Yeah. Just, at some point, you gotta just give it up, I guess, if it's not a... If the company's not doing well. True. I mean, for people... There's not... Not everybody, like... Twitch is still a niche thing. Like, not a lot of people use Twitch. A lot of people have never been on Twitch. The be like the only way to describe Twitch to some people that's never even heard of it or been to the website is basically to say that it's it's YouTube except for it being like videos. It's all happening live. That's really what it's like. But the switch that happened, and I'm gonna do this right now, is if you were to go to the Twitch.tv homepage, um, and you go to like the different sections that are going on, the number one. This is supposed to be a gaming website originally. Um, and now like the number one categories are just chatting, which is already like a big shift. And that's been happening for the last four or five years. Now keep in mind that some Twitch streamers, their personalities too, like pretty big names and people just want to interact with their community. So they go there, but where Twitch starts going astray is when you get into the slots and their streamers literally gambling on stream <laughs> and it's like, it's legal in their country, but is it ethically or morally just? to be broadcasting or advertising gambling to yeah. video games. And most people that play video games and video game developers in general market to children. <laughs> Definitely. So that's a concern. And I mean, IRL content, it is what it is. You can go out and do whatever you want, right? I mean, I think that stuff's kind of cool. There's a podcasting one. Hey, maybe we'll do that in the future. Hey, we'll sign note. You never know. But yeah. yeah, but the one that kills me is like the, uh, the hot tub stuff where like over sexualized content where it's like yeah go for it but it's like at what point are like what's your market you know i feel like they just lost their way of like what they're trying to achieve yeah. and that that goes to say exactly what 
you quote him. He goes, went down the Silicon Valley route, hired Facebook and Twitter. He says that claiming uh, unwilling to learn what the community was, why it was special. And it's like they changed the content and the product in general to something that they wanted to fit. And they just wanted to be like the number one place to watch live content. But it's like, how can you do that when Facebook or YouTube has like 10 times the amount of users, you know? They yeah. can go live at a single time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, YouTube is certainly, you know, we've seen that platform grow a very, like, very, at, at what seems like a very accelerated rate, especially the past year of, like, just trying to get their live streaming up to, you know, Twitch standard or better, you know, and won't take much more work for them to do that. I mean, no. there's already, like, BTTV and FFC integration, like, for people who love those emotes, there's... There's, uh, I think gifts, like gift subs are going to be coming out soon. I know they were in the works last year. Yeah, they're in like um, beta or something. I yeah, think it's they're coming. Yeah. That's coming out very soon. Um, the whole, I, I think the chat overall, the chat format certainly improved, especially on mobile. <laughs> They've been like mm -hmm. experimenting with different things, and so that's yeah, certainly uh, next up. If not, you know, going to take over at some point. <laughs> I feel like if Twitch doesn't do something, I yeah, I don't have the answers to what Twitch should do, but. I don't know, this ain't it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I, yeah, I think uh, Twitch is living on borrowed time now. I think they, they needed to make major re like revisions a like a handful of years ago before they got bought out by Amazon, or right when they got bought out by Amazon. Because like you can't search any new streamers you want to search for. And it's 2022. That's insane. That's like, I think... It's, they think they're TikTok, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you're going to get. You're just scrolling through trying to find something. How do you know it's good? How do you know it's bad? How do you know it's something that you actually want to watch? Right. You know, you, you can't. So it's weird. The only thing you can search for is the game and then sort by uh, viewers. High to low or low to high. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> there's not, yeah, there's old. no filtering whatsoever, really. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It's uh yeah, these numbers are I mean the 300 people that left last year and then already on that, like barely 3 months into 2022 there's 60 more that have left. It's like Oh, that's man. crazy. It, that is like insane to me. Um I don't know how many employees they have total, but <laughs> I don't care how much that is. That's still a huge chunk. Um yeah, this headline says Twitch is facing an employee exodus. I was like, exodus is an extreme word. 360 <laughs> employees have left in recent months. Oh, that's an exodus. Yep. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, I mean, but, like, but who knows, too? I mean, I, the way I'm looking at this, too, though, is like, you know, if these if more employees leave, it's like it's going to force them to change, right? It's going to force them to, like, realize, you would think. Unless if they don't, it's just going to, you know, fizzle out and that's it. Uh, well, that's, that's what fortunate that's what happens you get people in leadership that don't understand what they're producing and then yep. nothing ever changes they just sit there and they're like oh i don't know what to do and they're just <laughs> catching their money or whatever oh man but whatever yeah. we'll see how it ends up um and if i'm a interesting year right yeah <laughs> yeah if i'm a creator on that on twitch i'm like diversifying immediately though <laughs> for sure as every creator should do you know the devin yeah. nash way as we said the devin nash way yeah mm. get on everything linkedin 
because people on LinkedIn don't like gaming content. Post anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the last place I would think I'd ever want to post gaming content is LinkedIn. Yeah, but everybody plays games now, so. Yeah, everybody does. Who knows, man? You, if you post it on your personal account, if you're brave enough, then like maybe some like people will see and be like, hey, I like games too. And then there you go, connection right there. <laughs> so. Jeez. Anyways, interesting row for Twitch in 2022. We'll see where it goes. Of course, keep you up to date with what we find, but it's, uh, I don't know, not looking good for Twitch. Yeah. I expect something insane to happen. Yeah. Here's like the hoping. CEO right? stepping down. That, yeah. That's that's my prediction. CEO <laughs> steps down this year. We'll see. Maybe maybe something before TwitchCon. Maybe it'll change the landscape of what TwitchCon is going to be. Because <laughs> that is supposed to be coming. So, If it happens. It'll be we'll really see. see. It'll be really weird between now and TwitchCon. What happens to Twitch in general? Because like there could be some crazy things in like what six, seven, eight months, however long it is. I think it's October. So, oh man. I mean, yeah. Let's let's just move on before I lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We have some, we have a better better story for you, right? We have some new peripherals. Like I mentioned at the front. Of the show, uh, Razer is launching some new streaming gear. They announced today, in fact, at the time of recording this on March 10th. Um, Razer announced a wearable mic, a Bluetooth, a Bluetooth wearable mic, an audio mixer that competes with a Go XLR. We'll see a video of that in a second for the people watching on video. They're also launching a their very own key light, which, uh, if you know about Elgato, you know they have a they've had a key light. Uh, for a long time in their product shop. And this is very similar with one, I guess, distinct difference being that the key light is RGB. So I'm a little confused about this one, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah. I could see a key light, sure. Um, it's, um, in fact, it'll be easier if we just flip over to Harris Heller here. He put out a video of it today, um, kind of showcasing the product. I'm going to skip ahead here. Um, and as you can see, comparing it to an Elgato key light, looks very, uh, very similar. <laughs> <It> looks the <laughs> same. <laughs> Pretty much the same. The only difference between that and the Elgato key light is, of course, the Elgato one has rounded edges, and then the uh, the Razer key light has those sh nice little sharp square edges. So it has a little more real estate, I guess. They get a what, like half an inch, maybe, <laughs> of extra real estate. Um, built very similarly, it has a back panel. Um, on the very back, I guess that powers and powers the lighting and the controls are on the panel itself rather than that little back part. Because uh for the Elgato key light, that the little back square that is located behind the light panel is where all the controls are, which actually makes it kind of hard to control if you're trying to adjust on the fly because you have to kind of reach your arm around to the very back center of the panel to adjust yeah. it. Which you don't really need to do as much because if you have something like a stream deck, you can just easily change your lighting on the fly uh, with the stream deck integration, which is very nice. You never really have to touch your panel. It's kind of just all there. Um, and the video also goes on to show that um, kind of turning the light on, uh, the configuration is through uh, Razer Synapse on PC, or there is a mobile app as well that lets you control it. It is fairly responsive. There's a little bit of a delay, but it's not terrible, I don't think. But Harris also shows sort of the RGB power that this uh, this light produces. And if we see, it's kind of like very dim color almost, it looks like. Uh, at least could be the camera. I'm not going to completely write it off, but 
it seems to be very subtle for the most part. Um, the, the color's not super strong as I was expecting it to be, especially if we move back to the article here, the very top. If we look at the panels in the uh, picture, yeah, they that's... look very <laughs> bright. And then you cut to the video, it's kind of just like, yeah, it's RGB. <laughs> like, it's not like, not anything crazy, I don't think. Um, the biggest piece of this, the biggest thing that kind of turns me off, if I'm being honest about it, is the price point. This is yeah. launching at 20 at 20 at 299 $300. So this is launching at the Elgato Keylight, which is a very worthy contender. And uh, the only downside, of course, no RGB. However, that Keylight's only $199 or $200. So it's $100 less. You pretty much get the exact same functionality minus the RGB. Um, I know you don't really have any panels like this yourself, Mike, but I mean, what do you, <laughs> does this, does right. this interest you at all? Not particularly. I mean, I understand the point of panels. They're pretty cool, but it's like, I got a $30, $40 ring light that I'm using right now. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like it works well enough. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, if you're using a webcam or like a GoPro, like I use right now, um, the quality of the camera itself doesn't really justify spending $300 on a, on a light. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if I have like a really, really good camera where I'm getting uh, like 4k on it to like picture my face and I'm doing proper films, um, then yeah, maybe I'll take a look at these key lights. But I mean, Razer's trying to sell a, a dream right now. I think that's very expensive. <laughs> That's very expensive. And Harris has really good equipment. And it, if he's not making it look good, it's probably not that good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, to your point, you're talking about your ring light. I have, I could do you one better. I have like an old lamp that I've had for like maybe 15 years. It's a very <laughs> old, like kind of desk lamp where it was one of the yeah. very first ones where I, you can I move it. <laughs> it's like, it yeah. almost reminds you of the, uh, of the Pixar lamp that like jumps around. It's kind of looks yeah. like that. It's got an LED bulb in it. And I literally am not even kidding. Have like a tissue taped around it for diffusion. <laughs> so that's literally like, and yeah. I mean, I, but I have a great camera. Great. I, I <laughs> like, there's not much I need to. Yeah, exactly. Like it works just fine. And I paid maybe $20 for this 15 years ago. And it's like, and it's just like, you really like key lights. I feel like are something that's like, I mean, yeah, it looks great. I guess if someone wants to see your setup, but like, there's not really like, but like for filming and stuff, like you could literally get a lamp, but you can get a $20 ring light, $30 ring light. Like you yeah. don't need anything crazy for lighting and people will like, I'm not like saying, you know, if you want, if you want to get something like this, by all means, the Elgato one's a great option. I don't think you need RGB for a key light, in my personal opinion. I can't, like, maybe there's some niche cases where if you're trying to get some like raw color, I guess on one one of the sides of your face for like photo shoots or something, maybe this I could see a use case for that. But like, I don't know, man. I just there's there's nothing that jumps out to me is like I want this product, you know, or like there's nothing that's stopping me from just saying, all right, I'm gonna go to the Elgato store, pay a hundred dollars less, and get essentially the same thing, like. Yeah, I mean, catch me. there, there's there's so many other options. I mean, for anybody that's really trying to get a key panel, there's two options that we just gave you. Get a cheap ring light. You're you're over here MacGyvering an entire thing. Quite <laughs> literally. Like, tissues and stuff over it. Yeah. I mean, 
I I done this before too. Before I had the ring light, I had a similar like desk lamp like you had, and I have blinds right on the other side of me because of course like natural light's the best light. But the next best option is I grab the light and I basically lit up my entire blinds and my blinds are white. And then I use the reflective surface of that to get more of a color on me yeah. for the camera. The other thing you can do, and if you're worried about RGB, rope lighting. Go to Walmart, get those rope lights that are like $30. You can get one that's like, some of them come out to like 50 feet. But I think like normal is like 20 to 30 feet long. And just light it up. Hang it up on the side of your like room. It'll turn your entire room whatever color it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Like it'll be lit up. So a lot of people see it on uh TikTok actually. Yeah. The zoomers. You will see it. I think I yeah, I think I kinda know what you're talking about. I've seen a lot of those like advertised lights. There's a lot of cool like sunset lights and I've seen like so much stuff. Um mm. it almost entices me to get something like that because those look really cool. Anyways, before I digress. Um I don't know, this this just yeah, this panel just isn't doing it for me, I don't think. Um I, I can appreciate, you know them razor trying to tap into that lighting market um but yeah i don't know i'd be curious to see other options they offer in the future because i'm sure they're going to offer more uh just a quick note though and i guess a quick i'm just kind of explain like some nice to haves that they've included harris is showing right now they haven't included an extension cable um they that it essentially doubles the length of your cord which so you won't have to worry about buying an extension there's like I just mentioned before, all the controls, if you wanted to control the lighting from the panel itself, it's all around the rim of the light, so you don't have to, like, bend your arm around back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, yeah, there's wireless integration, so you can adjust it from your phone, uh, which is nice. So they, you know, certainly thought about stuff like that, and it's, it's um, they're, you know, they're there. It's a, It seems like a decent enough product, but on $2.99 just isn't it, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, not for me, but also um, we're concentrating a lot on the key light. They've also done an audio mixer, which I want your opinion on because have. you have plenty of XLR equipment and their uh, Razer, was it wireless mic? Uh, Isn't that right? Pro- yes. Portable mic? Wireless mic yeah. I pulled up another video. Um, I was, I would use a Harris Heller video here too, but he actually didn't post one today. I'm using a, um, a smaller creator uh, by the name of Bits. Um, he did a video on the interface today, um, the mic interface. Essentially, he showed off kind of the physical um, device itself, which um, if we look for the video, people watching the video, you can see it looks very, very similar to a GoXLR Mini. And I think the idea is certainly, they certainly drew inspiration from that. Um, and not to say that that's a bad thing by any means. I think, you know, GoXLR is a fantastic product. I'd, I'd love to see more companies try and, you know, do their spin on it or kind of make their own versions. So as you can see, there's four sliders. There's four buttons to mute all the channels. There's a bleep button. There's a mute button. It has all the same inputs as a GoXLR. It's got line in, line out. It's got headphone jack, mic jack, XLR mic inputs, even a console optical input, even though that's not really a thing with the new consoles, unfortunately. So all that is included with this new uh, interface that Razer put out. Of course, it's integrated with Razer Synapse, um, so you can control pretty much everything. They show the interface off this video as well. As you slide it, it changes the interface on the fly, similar to um, similar to GoXLR, but as you can see, the interface is very just 
here's your playback mix, your voice chat, your line out, your stream mix, all on one page. You can adjust the leveling, change the routing at any point. You can play back everything in your headphones, similar to the GoXLR. You get direct feedback, um, which I personally love for my mic. I always love to hear how I sound in my headset. So I use that all the time. All those features seem to be there. Um, and in terms of quality, I don't know if he actually uses it in this video. I didn't see him because he was adjusting levels on the fly, but it wasn't affecting his mic at all. So I think he was using another interface. He's like kind of cheating there. But um, <laughs> you could see as well, though, similar to similar to the GoXLR, there is a built-in compression, noise gate, uh, EQ, so you can adjust all that as well. Um, it looks as though you can get more detailed with it. However, I will say, this: there's like show more menus and all these, which I'm assuming yeah. you can really fine-tune but he never opened them. <laughs> so I have no idea if that's, um, the review is certainly missing some, uh, missing some stuff. I think he could have expanded on a little bit. Um, just before, before the end of this, there's also, um, there's also certain things like, um, there's effects. I want to say He's, he explains them somewhere. There's effects. Here we go. Similar to like, if you want to do a voice changer or you want to like add echo or reverb or whatever to like troll your friends or troll your stream or whatever you want to do there's this is actually included in the software as well which i will say go xlr the go xlr mini anyway does not have that any of that in their software so i guess there's a one-up on a on go xlr but yeah but yeah i mean i don't know i mean what do you think about something like this mike i know uh your usb mic user well yeah as you were talking right so i I kind of had an epiphany and I understand why the prices are the way they are. Um, you're buying the brand. And when you mention Razer Synapse, I forgot with Razer Synapse, you can basically sync up everything RGB included to like interact with your game, make it all encompassing, like a single, a single app can control all, all your RGB. And I think the, uh, the Razer key light, uh, the chroma being RGB is probably an extra incentive to um like if you had two of those guys like pointed right at you and then you're in the middle of a game like i think i talked about this last episode right if you were to pick up a sniper and like everything just goes red or like a certain color you know so it's like really intense and it's like an encompassing experience for a viewer i think that's uh or just a player in general i think that's kind of an incentive to go with the chroma and just the overall razor brand yeah. But to answer your question about the audio aspect of it with uh, this XLR technology, like, the more we talk about XLR, the more I want one. So, <laughs> but, well, I mean, I feel like my mic is holding up for now. Um, if it messes up, I mean, the next mic I'm getting is XLR, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the price point of this, I don't know if we mentioned it, it's going to be 250 which is the exact same as the Go XLR Mini. Um, so guess if you were looking for a go xlr mini and you want to go with a probably a comparable option i'm sure this uh this razor interface will do the trick but yeah it seems like it has a lot to offer i didn't see anything on submixing either um i know go xlr mini doesn't do submixing so i guess there's no real surprise there um yeah i mean it seems like it's a decent little package for 250 if you're looking for a uh Nice interface, and if you already, again, like you said, you know, if you're already in the Razer ecosystem, it could be a no-brainer, right? Just get this, and yeah. then you're all synced up. Um, so there is certainly a market for this, and it's glad I'm glad to see other uh, 
other brands start to get into the audio side. Um, because I know brands like Elgato too have also gotten in their own X, like XLR interfaces and whatnot. So a lot more brands are taking time to look into the audio side and try and make uh, solutions there. So seems like a pretty great product. Seems to be, seems to be very similar to GoXLR. So I know sometimes the GoXLR is kind of hard to find. So again, another reason why you may want to pick something like this up. It's got voice changing too. GoXLR Mini doesn't have that. Just saying. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Voice changing adds like a whole other step of entertainment. Yeah, for real. Two fifty. That's all that is. Um, fortunately, I don't think I had a video about this particular product. We'll watch over to their website real quick. Um, so as you can see, the little Bluetooth um siren mic. They're calling it the Siren BT. Seems to be like your standard kind of Bluetooth clip-on. Seems every one of these images are clipping it onto their shirt and just kind of on their collar, um, which, which I'm assuming you know is probably the most optimal place to put a mic like that um, rather than around the ear. I know I used to see those a lot, uh, just kind of yeah. the Bluetooth earpiece hanging off the ear. Um, but yeah, so seems like it. Yep, retails for uh, ninety-nine dollars, hundred bucks. Certainly a market for this, uh, I think, for like maybe business. And I mean, I guess maybe if I, I feel like many like gamers probably wouldn't worry about something like this. (laughs) It just wouldn't like fly. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I I don't, I don't see a point to it from a gamer's perspective. Um, Like content creation, probably. And I do feel like Razer isn't quite in the mainstream of business yet to be a business product. But it's still like uh i mean it's it seems cool uh and it's at a decent price point i mean a hundred dollars for a wireless mic like that i mean that's gonna be good as long as the quality's good yeah so but yeah. i would certainly assume that you know the quality is gonna be uh pretty uh pretty comparable if not better than most kind of like wireless bluetooth options and who knows i mean maybe something like this i think if uh someone's in the market for like a wireless like sort of lav mic for videos and whatnot and they have a camera that's bluetooth compatible they could even hook it up and record audio over bluetooth and it sure it sounds you know better than most lav mics maybe even so yeah so i mean it's uh, also a good idea with uh i mean they're showing it right now on that first like top picture is for people that are just listening they they have a man with a with the mic basically attached to his collar, but it's synced up with their phone. So it's like if you're if you want better quality when you're actually talking, you're not too far away from your phone, that kind of thing. Or like if you are far away from your phone, like you're filming something on the op- opposite side of your room, um, that might be the product you want to go with. Yeah. So I think for content creation, yeah, there's certainly uh certainly some places I could see this being uh, a great piece of hardware to add to your uh, your arsenal so to speak um yeah yeah see it says here that's also compatible with irl streaming apps which is interesting too i don't know if that's just through bluetooth or if that actually is like native support through an app but hey there could be a hey if you're an irl streamer this that's another use case right yeah I mean, that's that's a good point so there's certainly uh certainly a lot here that's for sure but uh yeah for 100 bucks you could probably get a uh Decent little clip-on collar mic. 
but that does it for the Razer products. That is uh, three new products announced today. Um, key light, eh. Mixer, yeah. all right, I like it. And then the Bluetooth, <laughs> uh, the Bluetooth mic, not a bad not option. Not for us. Yeah. yeah, not for us, but... Yeah, definitely not. That's cool. Yeah, I can respect it, Razer. All right, keep putting out products. Yeah, we need more competition. Get better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so uh, Mike, you might check out <laughs> from this next article. I don't know. I try to explain yeah. it best I can, but it I is like... an Apple article. Yeah. So <laughs> this week, Apple had a uh, their spring kind of showcase. They talked about everything from a new iPhone SE to a brand new PC that you could use that is intended for, I think. Uh, Kind of a workstation build uh it is, that is the mac studio uh this article is coming from the verge uh it's a new desktop for creative professionals and this thing is a very small form factor it is 7.7 inches wide it's a square so it's the same around all sides um it's a very as you can see from images it is a very tiny uh desktop literally you could fit the tower <laughs> on your desk um and starting the starting price starting ask price of course to no surprise is uh $19.99 so two grand I guess for the uh, entry level but if we look at some of the specs some little spec graphics that they have um this is certainly no joke of a computer uh it says it's it offers up to 20 core CPU so 20 cores just in the processor and then a 64 core GPU on top of that um with the M1 Ultra M1 Max and M1 Ultra, they're, uh, they're chips, they're processors that they're packing in these things. They're native, I guess they're proprietary chipset. Uh, you can have up to 128 gigabytes of unified memory, over 800 gigabits of memory bandwidth, and up to 8 terabytes of SSD storage. Uh, this is all within a very small form factor. Um, one thing I did note, or I did see, um, so the M1 Max version, again, starting at $2,000, the M1 Ultra, I guess the highest model you can get starts at uh, $4,000. Um, they also announced a studio display. I'm not going to get too much into that. It's, it is essentially a really high-res really high display for $1,600. <laughs> so um, you can look for it. It's a 27-inch, I believe. Maybe a little bit bigger. Um, but yeah, all available for pre-order now. Um, this is a... When I saw this, I certainly... Uh, I'm not one to... Really, I don't think like drool over Macs, like Mac desktops. I certainly love like the Mac laptops, because um, especially in like the programming world, like Macs are very efficient, and a lot of developers turn to them. But um, but yeah, I mean this desktop is certainly surprising that they're packing just in this M1 chipset a 20 core CPU and <laughs> a 64 core GPU. That's uh, certainly nothing to laugh at. So I don't know. I mean, Mike, what do you think about the Mac Studio? tiny powerhouse i mean it's definitely a powerhouse that's for sure those numbers are insane i want to yeah. see how it uh how it performs too because it's like i've this is definitely for uh basically i mean it's called mac studio so it's people for that that are working in like high scale images yeah. like th like 3d modeling maybe um digital like interior designing and stuff like that and definitely movies I mean, for sure. So uh, that's interesting, though. I mean, Max 
Apple's always trying to go with their like own little thing. I'm curious, like, is everything in there entirely Apple, or do they get like, like, did they build their own CPU? Yeah. So the M1, that M1 chip is that is proprietary. Entirely theirs. Yeah, it's yeah. entirely theirs. So that is 100% their baby, I guess. I know the M1 chip has been featured in their Mac Minis as well, which is an even smaller desktop tower. Um, the thing is like it's like two inches tall or something like that, but it's the same kind of square format. Um, that's been featured in those. There's also M1 MacBook Pros. Um, they feature that chipset in their laptops. And from what I've heard, it's a fantastic, fantastically fast processor. So, uh, especially I guess running on their you know Mac OS as well, their native software. It all integrates fluently from what I've heard. But yeah, that is entirely theirs. The M1. Yeah, things a monster. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I'm I'm really jealous about like how small it is. I mean, just look at some of these pictures of like people posting on their desk. Yeah. I'm. It's tiny, man. I know. Uh, for for small. people in like everywhere except for the U.S., uh, seven and a half or seven point seven inches is like a hundred ninety-five millimeters or something like that. Yeah. See yeah. if my engineering math is correct. See, I'm too American so, for that. I can't just like this is how many. <laughs> Here it is in yeah. metric. Right on the spot. It's basically 195, 196 uh, millimeters. So it's tiny. It's small. Yeah, they're they're putting the term desktop in the literal sense, I think. Yeah. You um, know, one of the things I found interesting is it says uh, media engine with H264, H HEVC. I thought that was an NVIDIA thing. H2, uh, oh, you're talking about the encoding. H264. Yeah, the encoding. That... No, as far as I know, that's just a codec for MP4, I believe. Okay. Don't quote me on that, but I, I I see that all the time, you know, when editing, you'll see that with a MP4, like, format. It'll be, you can export in H.264, which is, like, the highest res MP4 format. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I'm assuming that's just, you know, again, like you were saying, it just has something to do with, like, an editing station. Like, this is, like, a perfect, this would be, like, an insane editing station, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I understand, uh, I mean, Wi-Fi 6, that's pretty wild. But then you do Wi-Fi 6, but then why aren't you doing Bluetooth 5.2? See, I don't know. I didn't even know there was a Bluetooth 5.2. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like the newest generation. So it's like, it's interesting how they have it set up. I mean, admittedly, who really uses 5.2? If, uh, if you're working on a station like this, you're plugging directly into something. Oh, yeah. Like, for sure. If you're making music, you're not messing around. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's got so. a lot of USB-C ports as well. That's the new thing. It's not like the uh, not like the MacBook, though, that's USB-C exclusive, and you have to, like, buy a hub if you want USB-A. Um, this does yeah. have two ports for regular USB, but... but yeah, they're, uh, Apple's been big on the uh, USB-C, which... And Thunderbolt, too. I mean, which is no surprise. I mean, that's a... I, I think we should all switch to <laughs> USB-C at some point. It's a... It's a fantastic interface, right? So. Yeah, it's the best. I love it. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think, uh, see, you, you painted me in a bad light, right? So I don't hate Apple products. <laughs> I just hate how good their marketing is. You know <laughs> okay, what I mean? Okay. Like, 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 I always felt that they, uh, they charge a little bit too much for technology that's a little old. Yeah. Um, like, outdated technology is like, 
they price it twice as much. It'll be like three-year-old products, and they're like, yeah, this is worth twice as much as what you can get regular retail, but because it's a Zapple on it, this is what you get. <laughs> so, I mean, I I can't wait for the teardowns of YouTubers. <laughs> Linus Tech Tip's going to have a field day for sure. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think that'll be interesting. $2,000 is steep. Um, and then the Ultra model being 4000 I mean, whoa. And that's just starting, right? <laughs> like, it's not even, like, yeah. all the way up, so it gets even worse, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, they... Oh, I see how they have it set up. They basically based price on storage. Storage is wildly expensive. Just going yeah. to the Apple website. I mean, they start you off at 512 gigabytes. SSD storage, you're not going to go with 512. You're going to get bigger, right? Right. I mean, One truly. terabyte, 200. Two terabyte, 600. Four terabyte, 1200. Eight terabyte, 2400. I mean, that's kind of... Hmm. Yeah, man. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, especially SSD, it, like, it gets astronomical the higher you go. Mm -hmm. And that's, like, it's really bad with SSDs. So, it's crazy, man. Uh, I'll be curious to see. I'm definitely going to look at, uh, whenever, whenever YouTubers start getting hands-on with them, I'm definitely going to see some videos, because I would be wildly curious <laughs> as to how this thing performs. Uh, and I guess the use case, so to speak. Yep, uh, it goes, you can order now, you can pre-order it now, um, and it goes up March 18th, so I think we mentioned that, but just a reminder. Very soon. Very soon. Just next week. Next Friday. Yeah. Um, I also want to mention The Verge. It's very funny and ironic that they gave me a Microsoft Surface ad on an Apple um, article. Very interesting. And a Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra article or add on a uh, apple article <laughs> very yeah i got it. <laughs> yeah i had well it just went away it was like latitude or something i i don't know what that is but then uh maybe it's dell yeah it's dell latitude i got dell on my uh advertisements and that's it yeah i guess apple doesn't uh, pay for ad space much huh <laughs> you don't need to when the brand sells itself exactly man Got a dedicated fan base. Yeah. It reminds uh, you that you're part of the community every time the text goes green. <laughs> you ostracize those Android users, you know? <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? Ain't that the truth? I'm crying inside. <laughs> you Android user. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, you know what you can't get ostracized for? Video games, baby. Okay, nope. well, this is like Sony. So, I mean, you know. It kind of, I don't know, my, my point might be moot. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the, state, the state of play was this week from uh, PlayStation, showcasing a lot of Japan's um, games that they're currently working on at Japan Studios. Uh, the first game they showed, and I'm only going to touch on a couple of them throughout the whole thing. There's only a couple I'm really interested in. Um, there, there are quite a bit to go through, yeah. and we can make an entire episode off of it. Yeah, if we so. really wanted to, but we will not be doing that. Um the first game they showed was Exo Primal, which is a brand new first, um, or brand new IP from uh, Capcom uh, that will be launching. Um, actually, I don't know if they announced when it's launching. Maybe next year. But it, uh, the trailer was certainly interesting. I uh, play a little bit of it here. Um, it has uh, for those that don't, for those that can't watch it, listen to audio. Just picture a giant vortex black orb in the sky and there are just a ton of like velociraptors just falling from it <laughs> just picture that 
uh, if you're driving. Just, uh, yeah, just, just don't look behind you. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> anyways, this game looks very, uh, very, it looked very interesting to me uh, when I saw it. It seems kind of like, uh, it seems like a game that I, it would be fun to kind of just hop on and just like mess around in. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's raining dinosaurs. There's a lot of funny articles that came out too about, uh, Capcom was making a game where it rains dinosaurs. That was like headlines I saw. Um, I don't know. Did you see the trailer at all, Mike, for this? I, you know, honestly, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a bad reporter on this one and take the L. I have actually not seen much of this at all. Remember, this was going live. I think it was buried in work. And I messaged you and I was like, hey, here's the live link. And then you're like, yeah, I watched it. There's not too much going on. And then you messaged me and you're just like, there's this really weird game going on, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. That is, uh, that is Exo Primal. As you can see, gameplay looks uh, interesting. Just uh, guys in like mech suits just fighting dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, like I said, if, especially it seems like it's a multiplayer game. I mean, hop on with a couple buddies, you know? Kill some dinosaurs. I mean, hey. What yeah. could go wrong, right? Yeah, it's definitely gonna be. It definitely could be a lot of fun, but it does kind of remind. Didn't Monster Hunter have something similar to that? I believe so. That, that the game like there was four four hunters and then one monster that's just trying to survive. Oh, I don't know. Like actually. to evolve and get stronger. Maybe it's evolution. Maybe, no, evolve. Is that what you think? I think it wasn't that a game. Evolve. It's yeah. evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Coming twenty twenty three. Coming twenty twenty three is when we got XO Primal. But yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely looks like a lot of fun. I uh, it's coming to both PS4 and PS5, so uh, mm -hmm. still still PS4 is getting love, even in 2023. Um, somehow, somehow, man. Then again, PS2 had got love for how long, man? After that console came out, for forever, way too long, <laughs> way too long. Yeah, way too long, man. So no surprise. They were real there. quick to like rule. Out. I think they ruled out PS3 before they ruled out PS2. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, man. There was. I'm pretty sure it was like Just Dance or some IP that was still hanging on in like oh, 2012, yeah. 2013. It's crazy. Um. Anyway, so that was uh, one game I saw that looked rather interesting. Um. Another quick note: Returnal. If you play that game at all, it's getting a co-op mode uh, and a new area to explore. So uh, I know. I know there's a huge. Huge amount of people that actually really like Returnal, so certainly getting a little bit extra um, with that game coming up. Uh, another game I wanted to talk about, this is actually one of the new releases coming out this month, uh, March 22nd to be exact, is Ghostwire Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Single player game, uh, it looks absolutely insane, but I think in a good way. It's kind of like, it's that... It's the, the classic Japanese writing of like what's going on, but it's like very interesting, and it's like why like like Japan yeah. like literature and just like all the art that comes there is just like mind blowing to me. But yeah, if you I mean I'm playing the trailer right now, I mean you could just you could sit here and just zone me out and just watch this, and you'd be like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Have you seen much of uh, Ghostwire Tokyo at all? I've only seen the trailer, so uh, I routinely i'll just go on youtube and i'll watch like video game trailers like literally i find these 30 45 minute episode long where they're just like oh upcoming games for 2022 or whatever like the month of march or whatever just to try to stay in tune and i saw this i have no idea what it's about but it looks awesome it's like yeah. martial arts mixed with magic yeah <laughs> it's I like know. sorcery 
That's the thing, man. The and combat looks fun. Like, yeah, the combat looks super fun. And tip like what's standard for me when it comes to PlayStation games is story pretty much always hits. Always. Like they they really focus on story. So I mean, the game looks good. I I'll cool. be watching the gameplay for, for sure. sure. It looks nice and creepy That's... and oh, looks so good. It looks new. It looks like something I haven't really seen before. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. There's some. There's definitely originality there to it. Yeah, so it's. it's I'm hoping it's a breath of fresh air. But I'm certainly. I'm certainly going to oh, be checking out a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the big streamers come March 22nd, 25th, according to this. Um, I'm sure, streamers will get it early, so I'll be certainly checking it out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get three days of early access. I guess if you pre-order it. Um, yeah, another. Uh, Another, I think, another action adventure kind of game that uh, is coming out of Sony. So you know the story's probably going to hit, like you said. I mean, yeah. looking forward to seeing it for sure. Who knows? Might even pick it up. I don't know. Um, was there anything from the state of play that caught your eye, Mike? Other than this stuff? Well, I mean, it's just we can mention it briefly. For my personal take, is uh, uh, Gundam. I mean, I think I think Gundam could be kind of cool. I'm a big fan of like arena shooters. That's what Gundam looks like. And what it also it's free to play. First of all, um, the cool thing is, is that it was announced for PC, but it's also going to PlayStation Four and Five. So I think this could be kind of a success for PlayStation or for a PC. But it sort of reminds me of. Um, an old game that I used to play transformers war for cybertron and the tr- there was a trilogy game where you can basically play as like transformers or decepticons you can like morph into like planes cars and like ships and stuff like that or tanks it's like really cool and uh gundam kind of reminds me of that just like you're just a giant robot messing <laughs> other robots up in arena i know well looking at this it's like another fps game I mean, I'm definitely going to try it out, I think. Especially free-to-play, like, why not, Yeah, right? free-to-play. <laughs> like, I'm definitely going to play you it. You might as play. well. Um, looks like a lot of fun, though. It's got a, it's got some modes, I think, that look very similar to, you know, like Overwatch and other FPS games like that. Mm-hmm. Looks like a lot of fun, though. I mean, Gundam. Like, just look at this. Looks sick. <laughs> um, yeah, they're going to test the uh, the networks in, like, March or something? Of Not yeah. March. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know if it actually at the end of the trailer. Here. Yeah, spring, spring twenty twenty two. So in a couple of months. Test. Yeah. Oh yeah. That could be in two months. Um, definitely looking forward to that. I'll be checking that out as well. Um, not too much else. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles got a Cowabunga collection of old NES, SNES, Sega Genesis. Game Boy TMNT games. I mean, there's like everything. It's all in all one little bundle. It's coming out later this year. That looks pretty interesting. Um, other than that, there wasn't too much that uh, I saw that really caught my eye. I don't think. Uh, anything from you, Mike? No, nothing really. I mean, the only other one I would mention is like Gigabash. It reminds me of old school like N64 Godzilla. Or not N64, uh, Nintendo GameCube. Oh, yeah. or whatever it was you ever play that game i know what you're talking about yeah i think i've seen yeah it where you can play as all the different monsters from uh godzilla but yeah you can play as king kong yeah <laughs> something like that 
but <laughs> it, it was really cool it was like world of monsters or something i think the name of it but it was it was awesome and that's basically what giga bash looks like yeah <laughs> definitely does so. oh wow it actually says in the description <laughs> this <laughs> is supposed war to a new monsters. war <laughs> yep should have just read that or the monsters I think we're ever going to get it says the close we'll ever get <laughs> to War of the Monsters. It's funny. Good game. Good game. A lot of people don't know what War of the Monsters is, but... <laughs> but you know, yeah. Mike. You know. I know. <laughs> I know because I'm 56 years old. That's why. <laughs> uh, you know what feels like it's been taking 56 years to launch, Mike? Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2. But... There's light at the end of the tunnel. It was announced just today, it's kind of breaking news, that uh, Overwatch 2 is going to release a PvP and PV PvE modes. They're going to release them separately, and the PvP beta is next mm -hmm. month in April. Uh, they announced all this today in a blog post. It's 5v5. Uh, Overwatch 2 is, of course, going to be 5v5, four new maps. There's going to be a new hero, a new mode. Um, going to be some reworks of some of the classic heroes like Doomfist, Bastion, you know, Sombra, a lot of those old ones. Um, and uh, the new era is going to start fairly soon, and uh, so I'll be curious to see. I mean, PvP beta in like a month—that's that's crazy to me. After like not hearing much about Overwatch two for the longest yeah. time, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Well, I mean, keeping it quiet is the wise decision, honestly. Like when the way things have been, like excuse me, the way things have been going the last uh, couple of years with game developers and their audience and uh clients i'll use fans consumers <laughs> um it's been brutal so they got to make sure they get it right and overwatch has been on a pretty downward slope the last couple of years especially the overwatch league and uh i'm excited i mean it, it's de overwatch 2 is 1000 percent bringing back old overwatch players it's just can you retain those players so a pvp with a beta coming out and a PVE modes, I mean, that's that's a good idea. Like, give people the opportunity to play your game again. And uh, I think the problem with Overwatch as a whole is the game modes just got stagnant for me. Um, I think they needed to do a couple other things, like some type of more casual gameplay, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just fun modes like sandboxes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's like that's what they really needed. Um Yeah. So but I mean I'm ex I'm excited. Uh I I'm definitely gonna play it for sure. Yeah. How about yeah. you? <laughs> um yeah I mean I think I'll definitely check it out too. Uh there's a beta sign up as well on their website. So if you want to I guess sign up for it you can. Um I played a little bit of Overwatch. I never got like super into it. I loved the gameplay though for the little little time that I played. Kind of seems like Overwatch 2 is just an extension on the base game, which uh, I think yeah. maybe with the PvE mode, it may branch off to kind of its own thing. But it kind of just seems like, you know, here's Overwatch with, like, some changes. <laughs> I mean, I could be wrong, <laughs> but that's at least how I'm interpreting it. So we'll see when the uh, beta arrives, but yeah, I definitely think I'll check it out. It's a little bit. Um, <laughs> and they even put in, the, uh, in their tweet, uh, they, they talked about the beta begins late April. There's going to be new heroes, maps, and modes. The beta signups on their website. And it's been zero days since the last Overwatch 2 update. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, a couple of things that they said was, yeah, new hero, four new maps. 
there's a new mode, which I mentioned um, here are reworks. Okay, so they're gonna do balancing and then a ping system. So yeah, I mean, I'm into it. I'll, yeah. I'll give it a run again. I hope I don't have to pay full price for a new game though, but I'll give it a go. Yeah, they even offered some wonderful screenshots. This insane yeah. resolution. Yeah, um, high quality. Yeah, for sure. I love the art style, I really do. That's one of the things that always drove me into Overwatch, just the art style is so sick. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I've been a huge fan of that, too. I was like, every time I go to the game, it's like the colors and like just the, the cartoony aspect of it always is like just fun to play. <laughs> I don't know. Draws yeah. you in. Yeah. Sequel's coming out soon, though. PvP beta next month at the time of recording this episode. So, I have a couple small articles left. I'll move on to uh, a bit of a funny one that I found. Um, for those that don't know, there was a Georgia man that was jailed after spending $60,000 of COVID disaster relief on a Pokemon card. Shiny Charizard. He spent 60 Gs on it. Unfortunately, it is now owned by the U.S. government, and they will be auctioning the card off. <laughs> but uh, they, they, they gave it... He has a name... Uh, Denoff, I think is what his name is. Uh, he's 31, sentenced to 36 months in federal prison after pleading guilty to wire fraud for buying a Pokemon card with COVID funds. Kind of crazy, man. <laughs> like, kind of crazy. Uh, like, wow. I, just, I don't know what drives, uh, what drives someone to do that. <laughs> but here we are, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Mike? so i i just skimmed the article so this is the first time i really heard about it right so right off skimming it is uh he he f basically committed fraud um and claimed that he was running a 10 employee business during the pandemic which amounted to a loan that you can apply for if uh, the relief fund loan got eighty five thousand dollars then he spent close to fifty eight thousand dollars on a new Charizard card from Pokemon TCG. And the card isn't even a mint 10. Oh no. It's a nine oh, nine and no. a half. Oh no. You got yeah. a PSA and, graded and it's not even a 10. That is rough. Yeah. And the tens, to be honest, even at 85k, you're not you're not getting a 10. Like tens, <laughs> yeah. Charizard, Charizard, original Charizard, tens. Gen Those one, things maybe. are like three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I think they're yeah, crazy, I mean, dude. Absolutely insane. Uh, I mean, yeah, and like to speak all that too. Like those, those like original Charizard cards. It's like, like I mean, you've seen uh, like you know, like Logan Paul like did an unboxing, and I think he ended up like getting oh, yeah. one, and he like wore it on a chain to one of his like boxing matches, and he's like showing it off and. And then there was the, the the whole thing with like Logan Paul where he like bought a whole like he apparently bought like a whole like pack of like booster boxes that were supposed to be like Gen One booster boxes and it, they were like GI Joe cards or something like that. He got completely <laughs> scammed. Yeah, well, that was pretty. That was pretty unfortunate. But but yeah, I dude, feel for the guy on that one. I mean, yeah, this is like this is like really bad. Not only do you spend all that money, but it's like not even like the best card you can get. <laughs> it's like come on, yeah. man. Um, well, you steal it, so. I don't, so he's going to be sentenced to 36 months in federal prison. Ooh. Prison, though? 
Federal? <laughs> Federal prison? Jeez, three years? I mean, he'll get out early. Probably. Because, yeah. like, good, good behavior. But let me tell you something. Why didn't you just take, like, the rest of the money and then chuck it at, like, Bitcoin? <laughs> you know Why what I mean? Just, just like fraud it in another way, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, throw all the money into Bitcoin, you know? What I'm I mean, saying? hey, like, I've been on a big crypto, like, last two weeks, so big into crypto right now. Go on, just go into crypto, <laughs> multiply your money, and then you have even more, more money you could yeah. get back. <laughs> yeah, and the cops show up to your house, the feds just be like, hey, listen, uh, what if I just give you all the money back? <laughs> You're going to take the card, let me just give you the money back. You know, and I then got you your money. Negotiate. Extra money, like three Bitcoin. You want that? <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden you're just chilling. You're like that 36 month in federal prison goes down to like six months with good <laughs> behavior. I mean, like we chilling, dude. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, come on, Georgia man. Come on, dude. Oh yeah. Like not not only did you like use, not only did he fraudulently use the money, but then on top of that, he used it in the dumbest way possible. Yeah, very yeah. important. I mean, Pokemon cards are definitely an investment, like for sure, especially oh, for yeah. generation. But I mean, you're not going to get a 10, though. Yeah, like, come on. I mean, you're not going to get a 10. Come on, dude. Like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> it's uh, that's just unfortunate in many regards. Mm -hmm. All right, Georgia man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your sentence isn't too bad, you know? That's all I can say. Anyways, there was a, uh, Moving on, there was a Google, the Google Cloud platform went down earlier this week. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, well, that was one of the platforms that were affected. Um, yep. <laughs> so it, it pretty much the internet blew up uh, on the Tuesday. Yeah. All this happened. It was uh, rather unfortunate. I mean, I, was, I, I know I, we use Discord pretty frequently, you and I, Mike. Um, so we didn't have Discord for a all few hours. That's pretty rough, man. I honestly, like, I'll be honest. <laughs> I mean, for you, I was busy. I was busy. I wasn't even looking at Discord. I think, I think what I was doing is like listening to YouTube or something. Like yeah. I usually do, just throw on YouTube, like listen to a video or whatever. So it didn't affect me. It wasn't until like, uh, what was it? Yeah, I got a DM from you guys on Snapchat of all services. <laughs> just like, well, boys, this is how we have to communicate. You, me, and Nick. And I'm like, Snapchat's still a thing. Got push <laughs> notifications. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. But uh, so pretty much on Twitter, especially, I think there was like there was an outrageous amount of tweets when Spotify went down because you know everyone uses it. It's yeah. like whenever that went down, everyone was like going to Twitter for it. The Discord went down, and whenever Discord was down, Discord even tweeted out. Article probably has it somewhere. Oh, they actually don't have it here. But uh, Discord tweeted out that uh. For uh, people to go outside since Discord was down as a joke, I just thought it was uh, thought it was pretty funny. Um, but uh, uh, it was I know Discord was affected, Spotify was affected, Wikipedia.com was affected. Uh, pretty much a bunch of websites and services that are under the Google Cloud platform ended up going down for a few hours on Tuesday. Uh, it was due later on. Google Cloud tweeted out and said uh, there was an ongoing issue with the uh, with the load balancer of the service, and it was affecting pretty much every single. Every uh, <laughs> pretty much every uh, service that runs on it is impacted. Um, I know I even on like you know, there's a lot of like services out there, like small sites and stuff that end up that they utilize Google Cloud, uh, you know, for their um, for all of their cloud, I guess, infrastructure. So there's a lot of people probably having a having a bad day. But I mean, if I've learned anything from you know doing like IT work for so long, it's like 
if something like this happens, it kind of just there's not really much you could do. It's kind of just wait it out. So it's not <laughs> yeah, the basically. not the complete end of the world if if it goes down. It's not your fault, right? <laughs> so yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So um, just know that it, if uh, Spotify or Discord didn't work, and you're wondering why, I mean, that's uh, that pretty much is why. Uh, it wasn't their fault. It was uh, Google's fault. So point the finger there. Although YouTube was fine, I will say, like you said. YouTube was uh, yeah. untouched. <laughs> so untouched, it was chilling. So was chilling, obviously man. they uh maybe they have the original service from when YouTube is its own thing. They might. Yeah, I don't know how that works. You would assume that they would yeah. be under Google Cloud <laughs> to some extent, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, right? Maybe. Do you really want to keep all that amount of data, all those videos in the cloud? Yeah. Yeah, probably not. I mean, There's probably not even enough like space in the cloud. Space, yeah. We don't know how big the cloud is, you know? I, I look up every day. I can't tell. <laughs> you just, there's, you don't know, man. There's, I mean, the, all, cloud, yeah. the cloud's a cloud, right? It's supposed to be infinite, I guess, but. I mean, but, just, yeah. I mean, what, I don't know. I just work it's here. It's all magic know? to me, I just, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just work here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just show up and I use it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just take. I don't give. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, last article. This is a, uh, this is a quick recap. Uh, we've been yeah, following yeah. the uh, the Hundred Thieves, Valorant stuff pretty closely. The uh, <laughs> the ongoing story, the drama, the drama. Uh, for those that don't know, quick catch up: Hundred Thieves they signed four players for the upcoming VCT tournament. Team performed very poorly. Like we're talking, they lost a map zero thirteen, got completely shut out, and uh, <laughs> that happened. Um, yeah, at least once in one of the first uh, rounds. So yeah, they, they didn't win up, a game. Yeah, they they. I mean, I think they won a few of the rounds in one of the matches, I believe. But there was one that was a complete shutout. <laughs> he just got creamed. Uh, so yeah. that happened. They ended up dropping two of the players the same day uh, that they had just signed and just got uh, contracts. Uh, Nate shot said no buy, and so he got rid of those guys. They signed. They didn't. They got um contracted in a couple of players from i guess they borrowed a couple of players from other yeah, loans basically yeah, exactly uh they loaned a couple of players out um however that did not seem to do the trick uh they faced xset this past weekend and uh xset still took the uh the victory against them they did get a few rounds um i as from what i've heard the games were at least a little bit closer but they still could not close out the two matches from this past weekend so this uh this article I found on Upcomer it uh it states that they are officially out of the playoff contention for the Challenger series at least the first series. So uh they still have some matches coming up this weekend against Envy I believe that is the uh next team they face and that is a Envy is also 0 and 4 right now in the series so it's them and 100 thieves in their particular pool. Um so I mean who knows they may they may get a win I guess. Maybe in this uh in this upcoming weekend, but the first series just not going in their favor, man. Uh I don't know what's going on, what that team's doing, but they're just getting run over, man. <laughs> it's they're getting beat up. Yeah. And you said Team Envy? He was Team Envy. I don't know the uh uh Evil Genius. Sorry, not Envy. Oh, okay. EG. EG. Well that's still a huge brand. Yeah, man. still, still, still. Sheesh. Um, yeah, EG. I remember the from COD days. Yeah, yeah. 100, 100 Thieves, Evil Geniuses, and Energy will not uh, to progress to the VCT NA Stage 1 playoffs. That's wild, man, because those are like really, really successful brands overall in orgs. Yeah. So them not succeeding 
we're finding success in Valorant right now. That's wild. So they're going to be looking for new players for sure. <laughs> Probably. I, like, I, I know. I know. Uh, Kiko even talked about on his stream. He's captain of the team of the Hundred Thieves team. He was saying that yeah. they're already looking at two potential new uh, signs that they want to do soon. So they're already you know looking ahead. Um, because of course their two new additions aren't permanent. But yeah, yeah I mean, state right. stage one of this uh series. I mean, for those that don't know the the way the VCT kind of works is there's a there's a challengers kind of tournament first series that happens. Uh, depending on how well you play there, you go on to the first master series and you compete in the masters. And then after that, there is essentially a second chance. You have a second series of the challenger tournament, so you have they have a chance to recover and possibly make it to the championship at the end of the year essentially get two chances uh and there is a point-based system so depending how many points you get will qualify you for the tournament at the end of the year but they're not having a good start man i'm hoping they could no uh, i'm hoping the hundred thieves could turn it around i'd love to see them you know compete at the worlds but gosh man <laughs> not looking good for the start huh no definitely not let me ask you this do you, do you know uh if it costs any money for these teams to enter is there like a franchise free fee you know, I know they do, like, uh, as far as I know, it's kind of region-locked, I think, in a sense, especially, like, the Challenger series, I think, like, the whole the first, like, Challenger yeah. tournaments. I think it's kind of, like, region-based. That but makes sense. I, yeah, as far as I know, I don't think there's teams associated with any particular, like, you know, city or anything. But I, yeah. I don't officially know, so uh, I'm assuming... I mean, there's some pretty big name orgs involved in this, but there's also some orgs I've never heard of. So I don't think there's, if I had to guess, there's probably no like huge buy-in if there is a buy-in. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot well, of kind of like low tier orgs, at least from what I see. Yeah, I mean, I I like the, the reason why I brought it up is because I like the system and it, it'd be pretty sick if like anybody, any like org, if they're just good enough, they can get in yeah. based on merit of skill. Um, that'd be pretty sick just overall and uh yeah i mean it basically comes down to every single series and everything matters yeah which is why they had to take extreme measures after the first game yeah. <laughs> like series that they did yeah. the first day they're like okay two guys out immediately bye yeah yeah and i mean there's definitely scrambled a loan you know it seems it seems cutthroat but there is a reason for it you know there's not it doesn't seem like there's a whole yeah. lot of opportunity <laughs> right like you you have to kind of get yeah, in and get points Absolutely. through masters um and if you don't you're just kind of screwed yeah you're out so, um so yeah uh we'll be following 100 thieves pretty closely just to see how they uh how they do but yeah <laughs> Ooh, rough start rough start man and Valorant as a whole we should be uh watching that maybe do watch parties or something that'd be fun yeah that would be fun i actually you know for the first time in a while i actually watched uh i didn't see 100 thieves compete but i saw i know i saw optic compete in the recent series this past weekend um and seeing all that like watching valor again i was like yeah this is actually fun to watch <laughs> i forgot how fun it is to like, yeah. watch valor yeah yeah it's pretty cool it, it's a little bit more exciting i think than csgo for me because it's just i've played csgo and watched csgo for so long <laughs> yeah it's just kind of cool to see something different for valor yeah for sure it's exactly what you get with valorant too yes sir that was all the articles I had, Mike. Unless you had anything uh, you wanted to cover. No, I think uh, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, we've been at this, I think, for over an hour now. 
definitely. So, <laughs> so. Um, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that went on this week. Oh, yeah, a little side note that we don't know and doesn't really matter is uh, Dr. Disrespect and Twitch settled their uh, lawsuit. Yeah. And I guess uh, both parties disagree is what he said. Yeah. So it's that like tells kind of me a... that it probably just got thrown out. Yeah, it seemed like an agree to disagree type thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, is this kind of agree like... to disagree? Maybe a settlement clause, possibly. I don't know. It seemed like yeah, it was post. There was no bad blood, right? So to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he posted. I think he tweeted it after his stream. So he usually yeah. goes live in the morning. And it was kind of late so like... today. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't think he was live when he when he tweeted it. Yeah. It's also his birthday today. So happy birthday, uh, Doc. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, Doc. How old is he? Like forty-eight, <laughs> something like that, man. man I wonder. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's publicly. Listen, let's see. Doctor disrespect. I think he's like. I know nobody late? cares about this. Yeah, but really. I'm pretty sure it's like. He's forty. Is he happy forty? Oh, happy forty. Yeah, big forty. That's a big deal. Big 40, and he finds yeah. out about the lawsuit on his birthday. They did that deliberately. <laughs> they did that deliberately. That's some malicious stuff. Maybe that's why everybody at Twitch quit. <laughs> they knew the insides dude they knew it they knew it they're just like he's gonna take everything man <laughs> uh, they mean, all jo went to go join his studio yeah i mean to be honest though, it's probably a huge like weight off if he because you know those lawsuits especially oh, it's a lot to deal with man when you have to go I through mean, a lawsuit so it was like what two years ago almost yeah something like that it was a long play, yeah. time it was going on for a while i I know, like, I definitely had forgot about it. <laughs> and, like, when I yeah. saw that today, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot he did, like, I guess he did sue, but, yeah. That's crazy, man. Absolutely insane. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it for episode nine of the M2 podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mad Mike. Kyle. And I are uh, always here once a week. We're posting videos and uh, podcast episodes every Friday. Come join us. Talk with us. We got Discord, Twitter. I don't know what else we got. Oh man, uh, Anchor. That's another one. Um, yeah. Every Podbean. podcast. Uh, <laughs> we could go on and on. <laughs> Literally everything. Yep. Literally everything. So uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you, and see you next time. Yep. Peace. See you next time. Peace.